This is Behind the Game with PJ, live from the Koppel Chevrolet GMC Studios on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Here's your host, Priscilla Joseph. Welcome back. Second hour of Behind the Game with PJ on this gloomy Cinco de Mayo, rainy outside. But the rain is good. We appreciate the rain. Farmers need the rain. At least that's what I've been told. I don't know. Do they? The farmers need the rain. That's what I've been told. I'm being told that. (laughs) Very important. We like the rain. Again, happy Cinco de Mayo. We are live at Tavern 180. Having a blast. Kind of kind of, kind of in the back a little bit, but it's great. Everybody can hear us anyways. Absolutely. Uh, you can get in touch with us, 402-464-5685. Again, give us a call. We've got people back in the studio to answer your calls. So give us a call if you want to get on the air. Shoot us a text on the Sarder Heyman Jewelers text line. Or leave a comment, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, on the Sarder Heyman Jewelers live stream. And we will read it. I can even throw it up on the screen if you want. Uh, Bilal... Azad, I'm sorry if I'm butchering your name, on Facebook, says, Hello! Hey! Hello, Bilal. How are you? Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to Behind the Game with PJ. I'm just checking Twitter, seeing what they're saying. through Twitter. Making sure they're not, like, giving us a hard time. They wouldn't. They know better than that. They know better. Twitter is, like, my third home. I love Twitter. Yeah, I love Twitter. I love Nebraska Twitter. If If you ask my wife, I'm actually on Twitter way too much. I'm on my phone way too much. But it's fine. It's necessary. I always, I always say it's for my job. Like when I'm watching sports, I say it's for my job. It's very necessary. I'll be watching the NBA. She goes, "Oh, you're watching basketball again?" I go, "Yeah, it's for my job. I got to talk about it." <laughs> I got to talk about I it got, tomorrow. I got to watch football. It's for my job. I got to watch the the USFL. I think it's USFL right now. Yeah, USFL. I have to watch it. It's for my job. I'm sorry. <laughs> It's necessary. I have to watch. Is that my your Bur- excuse to watch I have to football? watch my Birmingham Stallions, who are currently three and zero in the USFL, the only undefeated team left. Thank you very much for my job. It's very important. You're welcome. Very important. Very important. So I appreciate this job. An it excuse does, to that watch ex- sports. That excuse doesn't work very much, actually. <laughs> it's fine. It's Mickey fine. doesn't have the excuse. <laughs> There's sports on my TV at all times. <laughs> Thank God he's been gone for three weeks. <laughs> Not having to watch sports. Watch Not having to watch sports for three weeks has been that nice. That sounds terrible. But I tune into 93.7 The Ticket yeah, to do. catch up. Yeah, you do. We'll keep you up on everything. No, you guys really do. I, I mean, I really do. Just Especially with Nebraska sports and all of that stuff. I'm like, all right, let's see what's going on. Tune in. Check y'all out. Make sure I'm up to date. And make sure I'm not missing on anything since I don't have ESPN, ESPN scrolling on my TV nonstop. Because um, Mister's out trying to <laughs> get us some new players. Trying to bring the big the big dogs. Get the big dogs in the building with them NIL deals. <laughs> with, the, with the NI and the Ls, you know, all that fun stuff. Right, Rico, what would be your name, image, and likeness be? Ooh, my name, image, and like. So if I was actually popular enough for people to want to give me money for my face being on things. Yeah. Um, I, oh, 
Mountain Dew, obviously. Mountain Dew. <laughs> I do. I do love Mountain Dew. I, like that's like. Really, I didn't know that about you. My blood is like seventy-five percent Mountain Dew. That's if you ask pretty anybody, disgusting. That's like anybody, straight sugar. If you ask anybody in the station, they'll tell you the same thing. If you ask my wife, she'll tell you the same thing. That is straight sugar, I Rico. Barely drink water. Like it's Mountain Dew almost twenty-four-seven. It's kind of a problem, but it's a delicious problem. It's the green nectar of the gods, if you will. So. It would be that, but that's kind of a national thing. I don't know. You'd have to be like um, Joe Burrow to get Mountain Dew. <laughs> like I said, if I was if I was you know popular for people to want to give me money, I mean I would probably I probably you know I I try to stream. I would probably do that, and you know if if I was popular, people would actually tune in and watch me. Yeah. So I you know I'd play video games, and people would watch me play video games, and they would give me money, which would be fantastic. But people uh, give people money yes. while they yeah. wait. Oh. Hold on. You didn't, Time you out. Didn't know that? Come again? So, a lot of times, not actually Twitch, Facebook, YouTube, uh, people will stream. They will they will record, not record, but they'll kind of record themselves playing video games. And people will watch them play video games and give them money for playing said video games. They will tip them. They will subscribe to them, which then puts money in that streamer's pocket. All because they play video games and they're either A extremely good at the game or be uh, very personable and people just really like to watch them because they, they enjoy what they talk about or they enjoy what they say. They make While they're laugh. playing this video game? Mm-hmm. I did. I, I, I did that before my son was born. Like that emoji where it's like mind blown? <laughs> yeah, that was me yeah. just right now. I, I did that before my son was born. Say what? Yeah, I stream, That's I a to, thing? I used to stream on Twitch. I might get back to it, but I don't know yet. My yeah, nephew plays video Twitch games, and, and I was like, at one point, I, didn't I made. Know it was a whole thing thing. You have to make a certain amount of money before it like cashes out. Some people make that in like a day. For me, it took like two, three months, and I got like a hundred and twenty dollar check from Twitch. It was great. It was awesome. Hundred and twenty five dollars you didn't have. That was yeah, it was. It's one hundred twenty five dollars I got from playing Call of Duty. That is ridiculous. What this world has come to. Okay, I have a question. Hit me up. If I can find my question, I will <laughs> ask you. Hold we'll on. We'll wait. We'll wait. Yes. And you guys, again, you guys can answer. You can join. You can interact with the show. 402-464-5685. I know. These ladies are all having a good time. I want to go interact with them. But we got right? we got work to do. I can swap with one of them. You can ask them questions. I know. Do you want to swap with somebody? Yes. Do you want me to swap with someone? Who do you want, yes. to, who do you want to bring up here? I want to bring up Rebecca Pearson. <laughs> Come on. Come on. You're taking my spot now. All right. right, Up next on Behind the Game with PJ is Rebecca Pearson. Yes. All right, y'all. I thanked the Pearsons earlier. This is one of the Pearsons that I thanked. So we're just going to have our conversation that we were going to have earlier or another time. Let's do it. How, How can Priscilla Joseph help change Lincoln? Yeah. So first of all, we have to know who Priscilla, Priscilla Joseph is, right? Well, so, we're still trying to figure that out. I know, but you, you were somebody. <laughs> yes. And you have evolved to somebody. Yes. So you are somebody now. I am somebody all now. Right, so let's t- tell us what your passions are. Like, what you wake up every day, if you could just do whatever you wanted to do, and no offense to kids or husbands or anything else, what would you do? I would be a psychologist. A psychologist. Okay, why? What is it about that? A sports psychologist. Okay, because n- mental health 
is very, very important to me. And I don't think I realized that until January of 2022, where I had a flashback of my life in 2012, 2011. And I want to be somebody that was never there for me. Ah, okay. So you've had a personal experience. Yes. Okay. Are you willing to share a little bit of that personal experience? Um, part of it, part of it was just being a college student athlete exiting college life and not knowing what was next in life. Like what was the next chapter? Um, I was with Mickey at the time and I mean, he was well established into his career. So it was just kind of, all right, let's just go with the flow. But I was like full blaze bearing, like, I'm not doing this. This is not what I'm doing. Like, I don't want to just go with you because he had um, gotten let go from his job and moving on to the next. I was just like, I cannot live that like jump from place to place. I can't. And it was all like just so many different emotions, so many different people coming at me at, from different directions that I didn't know how to, uh, what's the word, Car- compartmentalize uh-huh. each from different. Like it was just like very different people talking about different aspects of my life. And I didn't know how to reach each person and tell them, okay, I have a plan. I, but I didn't, it was like all just, okay, I'll figure it out. Cause I'm more of like, let's go with, I'm a go with the flow, figure out once I'm there and then I'll move with it. Um, but not having somebody in a position that understood right. and that had no like attachment or, you know, I just didn't have that person or somebody or had access to, I didn't have access to somebody that could help me navigate through that time in my life. Right. And maybe you could talk a little bit about what it's like to be a student athlete coming out of that, right? You're just like, you're talking, I can envision this. It's like the matrix, right? Stuff is coming at you. You're dodging it left and right. And you don't necessarily trust anybody. Absolutely. Right. And yeah. we talked about that. You don't necessarily trust anybody that you want to trust, but you don't know who to trust. Yeah. So as you're, as you're coming out of being a student athlete and all this stuff is coming at you, were you thinking about okay, I need somebody to trust and help me navigate this or I want to do it on my own. Like where, where I'm a very independent person. And I think it's just the way I grew up. It was just like, Hey, you got, you know, like there was not, it was just, that's the culture that we grew up in. It's just like, you kind of fend for yourself. Right. And you figure it out. We don't really talk about feelings and all. it's a cultural thing. Yep. Um, but at that time in my life, I had moved from Arizona to Oklahoma city for a coach that I had very well connected with. And then I got there and then she decides to, she ended up creating some sort of image about me because of the life that I was living on campus, which grew that coach player relationship completely apart. 
So at that point, when I had the one person that drew me onto campus no longer want anything to do with me, really threw me in a hole. And then she left to get another job or something. And then we were stuck with a nobody that knew nothing about softball. Coming from somebody that was born and raised in softball, in the baseball world, was very triggering for me because I'm like, how dare this university just throw anybody on us? Right, right. And, and you need some help and guidance. And then that, like, <laughs> that through, like, so, like, women, right? Like, because we were a woman's sports and we were not, like, one of those sports that benefited the university, like, we weren't kind of bringing money into the university. We were just like, okay, it's just another sport. And I felt all of the emotions and it, it was hard because I'm a very vocal person. Like when I have something to say, I'm going to say it and it's not going to come out the way you want me to say it. it's going to come out the way I'm going to say it. Right. And I didn't, that's the type of person I was. I was the type of person. I didn't really care for your feelings or how you were going to perceive what I said. Yeah. So what how I, interesting now you said you want to be a psychologist, right? Perfect world. You yes. do all over. You want to be a psychologist, which is going to definitely tap into feelings. Yes. So what have you learned in that journey? Right. Cause we've all, I don't know. I certainly can speak to that from coming up in the business world. You don't let your feelings show, right? Especially Absolutely. As a female. You're in a male dominated industry. It's what I did my whole life. So, yep. so what, what happened, right? Where you want to, but I want to be in a male dominant world. Why? I want to be in the football world. I've been in it for 12 years. And not that I understand, because I still don't understand our like football players. But I know the, I want to say, not I know like the best, but I know being around them, what has worked for a lot of football players and what has not worked for them, sure. right? right? And there's a lot of aspects in their world that, they are kind of steered away from like, okay, we just don't talk about it right? right. because you're a, not even you're just an athlete. You're not an athlete. You're a you're male. A yeah, yeah, you're, you're a dude. A you're a male athlete. Yeah. We don't talk about it. Right. Yeah. You know, and luckily Mickey has me where I'm like, Hey, can you check on this kid? You know, like sometimes I'll go into the, in the room and I'm like, Hey, you know, kind of, I'm a vibe person. I say this like, I swear I say this on every sh one of my shows, yeah. but I really am. I'm a vibe person. I feel people out. If I vibe with them, I'm, I, I continue to progress our relationship. Yeah. Well, there's something to be said for empathy, right? So I'm a person who's not uh, empathetic, but Same. he is. Okay. Um, so there's something to be said for people that have that natural empathy and other people that can learn the empathy, yeah. but you, you've lived it. So you've been a student athlete, you know what they're dealing with, whether it's football, softball, or anything else, you know what they're dealing with and yes. your coach's wife. So you're seeing behind the scenes Yes. and you must have some natural desire to help because you're saying, I want to be a psychologist. Like I want to do something. So yes. what is it behind that? I want to help. What have you seen? Did somebody help you? Or you feel like you said you didn't have anybody helping you at some point. Yes. So you want to fill that void for someone I else. do. I want to fill that void for someone else. And it, Every day, like, it's just another life lost in the athletic world. And it's heartbreaking because I'm no longer, not like, I will, I feel like I will always be in the athletic world. But for me, I'm not in it because I'm, I'm not a coach anymore. Like, I was a softball coach. I was in there. I was, we were both coaches. We were both living, like, sharing our athletes' lives with each other. And 
now it's just like me hearing him talk about his, you know, like his athletes that are now more like my sons. And it really bothers me. Like it, like I'm, I'm, I will forever call myself a coach. Like my girls that I coached in college, like they still call me coach. And I thank them every single time they're on social media. Like, thanks coach P. And I'm like, Yes, I will always forever be, <laughs> always your be a coach. Absolutely. I will because I will be I will always be a coach. But it's something that it's a void that has not been filled for me and I need to fill it. So we're here. We're in Lincoln. I've met some amazing people that like I just I'm a different person. Yeah. And I'm at a point where I'm ready to put myself out there and listen. Yeah. So you've got to tap into what your strengths are, right? We all yes. know you ch- you leverage those strengths. If you're coaching a team, you're you're leveraging those strengths. You're mm-hmm. not asking players to do something they cannot do. If you're a quarterback, you're not asking them to go block on the defensive line. Absolutely. You know, you're taking advantage of their strengths. So it's the same thing with you. We're fortunate to have you here in Lincoln. We're fortunate that you've got the background that you do as being an athlete and a coach. And all, once a coach, always a coach. I'm married to a coach. Yeah. Plus you've got, you know, a view from a, a place that no one else does on the football team. And yes. as we all know, right, this is a football town. We love all our other sports, but this is a football town. So yes. we'd love to have you contribute. So how, if you're trying to define who you are, mm-hmm. we now have established that you could be a psychologist or you'd like to give back. You'd like mm-hmm. to fill a void. You see a need. Yeah. Student athletes have a need and you want to help the football program, yes. which I think this whole town would stand up and cheer and say, <laughs> PJ wants to help the football program. Bring her on. Let's Bring do her it. On. So you got to tell in. us, like, you must have seen something. So now you got to tell us, like, what is it you've seen? What, it, what would you do first? We hire you as the team psychologist and you got to go help these football players. What are you going to do first? One-on-one mental training. Okay. And what does that entail? What's inside of that? Um... It entails me following an athlete for about a week, um, going to practice, going into um, position meetings, following them, monitoring how they are in meetings, their perspective in practice, and then meeting with their coach, seeing what their coach sees me seeing what I see and then meeting with the player one-on-one and communicating freely, comfortably, whether it's life that is derailing them from meeting their ultimate goal and then working on it progressively every day, just like they would lifting so that when it comes to game time, it's just like lifting a barbell. It's just normal. Normal. It's day-to-day business. Now, how day-to-day you, business. How do you break through to those kids that don't know how to articulate what's bothering them or what their challenges are? How do you get to them? A lot of that has to do with childhood. Um, a lot of our um, development as adults has to do with our um, experiences as chi- as children, as in adolescence. And I... Like, looking back on my life, like, the stuff that I went through as an adolescent and living now, I I see. Like, it totally impacted me as an adult. All the stuff that I went through then, I'm dealing with this way because of what I dealt with. 
and finding um, the root of that and then just talking about it and acknowledging that this is behavior learned that you can learn new behavior that it's okay um, to learn new behavior and to progress and to teach yourself that that is not your fault to learn certain habits and um, possibly ignore certain things and you know because like I I was like one of those, like I said, I was like one of those people that I didn't care about anybody else. And now I'm like sitting here, I want to help everybody. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, you grow, you realize like, okay, this is because of the way I was brought up or because of what I dealt with. I went through that process where I didn't care for anyone and then not caring for anyone for so long and realizing, okay, that's not really the way to live or like it's not fulfillment for me and realize that I can change that and I can change my own narrative and help others then that's that's what I want to do and you and Rico were talking earlier about uh, people grow up unfortunately many people that are in sports haven't had the background where they've had role models or have had the benefit right you have a a fair amount of underprivileged, underrepresented children that are getting into the program. And so they don't have that. They haven't seen yeah. it. They haven't lived it. So the place that they learn that is in, is in college yes. or in the university. And you're speaking to me, and I'm hearing that as if you've had some experience like that and you want to bring that to them and to let them know it's okay. Hey, there's no way you would know yeah. anything other than what you were raised in. Yeah. And well, like, for example, like, uh, we, like when I went through the whole recruiting process, it was my parents' first time going through the recruiting part. and I was the youngest of five, right? Yeah. So I was the, the youngest child, but I was the only child to have gone through the recruiting process. Right. So how would so, they know? So how would they know anything? Right. So it was a know. learning experience for all of us. Mm -hmm. But now I have, um, nephews that are, that play sports and all this stuff. And it's not, <laughs> not to put like my siblings on, but, but like, my dad knows because he went through it. So, right. and he you may tell you like, like, yeah, he <laughs> might tell you like, okay, well this is what's next. Or like, I would tell my nephews, okay, well we need to do this. We need to be proactive. We got to get a film out. We got to reach out to coaches and get out there and stuff like that. And they're like, eh, you know, it, it's going to happen. Right. And I'm like, yeah, I thought the same thing. And it like never, you know what I mean? Like it didn't happen to me. It didn't happen for me until much later where we got the help. But when you have somebody that's been through the process and that's, that's the thing, like there's so many times, like a lot of these parents, it's like their first child coming out of high school. Right. So this is all brand new. Like I just had a conversation with Mickey and he's like, I met with his family, you know, like over, you know, like I'm meeting with talking to this family and they're like, listen, we don't know the recruiting process. Like we don't know. So then he's like having to talk to them about it. Right. But the thing is, there should be someone in high school or in general that is out there that is informing these parents. Like I understand you, it's not like you should know. It's not no, something like you don't know. Not every person's an athlete. You know you what I mean? So know. it's not like it's something like, Oh, you're a parent. You'll figure this out. No, no, no. no. <laughs> like, no, but, and it's okay to get help from other people that have been through it. And it's just a listening ear and, just having to go through it and knowing that it's okay. Right. And, the, and we all assume parents know. 
Okay. All right. Well, we're going to take a break here <laughs> well, now, actually. So you're listening to, listening to Behind the Game with PJ, and we'll be back in a minute. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.